It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun. Too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Smarterpodcasts.com. Delivering sound advice. Joining me today is dog trainer Lori Williams from the Commonwealth of Virginia. One of Lori's many claims to fame is that she and one of her pups won second place in the CBS reality show contest, Greatest American Dog. Welcome, Lori. Hi. I'm so happy to be here today. Excellent. Is it your sense that choosing the right breed of dog is really important? Oh, it's absolutely important for all of us. When choosing a hypoallergenic dog, you're looking for dogs that don't shed as much? Is that the the basic issue? Yeah, actually you are. You're looking for a dog that doesn't shed as much and also looking for a dog that tends to um, shed less dander uh, because very often it's the dander that people are allergic to, um, you know, more so than the fur or the hair. So, um, you know, there are a few breeds that fall into that category, um, you know, of all different uh, sizes. So what other kinds of questions should people be asking when they're looking at what breed is going to work best for their lifestyle? Well, you certainly want to, you know, the age of the children is is a definitely a big concern and something that should be considered. You definitely want to take the age of the children, um, child, real, real small, young children, um, real active children. You, know, you probably don't want to select a real small dog, a tiny dog, a toy breed. Um, you need a dog that can withstand uh, children, you know, kind of poking and prodding as they do. And um, you also want to look at how active your lifestyle is. If you live a more sedentary lifestyle, then you certainly want to pick a dog that is going to ha- be less active or, or have less um, exercise requirements than a dog that it was bred to hunt and, and, you know, run the field and swim all day. You know, that, that type of dog is not going to be best for a family that likes to sit around, you know, the fireplace all the time. So, you know, those are definitely some um, two specifics that people need to consider. So generally speaking, if you're looking for a dog that's a good family dog, you know, that's going to want to run and play but not necessarily need to be run on a daily basis, mm-hmm. are there certain dogs that you tend to steer people to? Well, you know, I have to be honest and say that I am, I'm not a breedist, uh, you know, as I like to call it. I actually, you know, most breeds will fit in well with a family provided that, the you know, the dog gets the proper type of training and, um, you know, the proper uh, outlets for their, um, 
you know, kind of their, their what they need for stimulation. And, and that's more of what I do. Um, you know, I try to get, really get people to interact with their dogs and, and form a relationship. Because even a dog that tends to be less active, um, you know, if they or a dog that tends to be less active, if you get the right type of training and you bond with them, they may want to do fun stuff with you and vice versa. If you have a dog that's, you know, tends to have a lot of energy, if that dog is well trained, you can channel that energy in positive ways, get them, you know, maybe doing some dog sports or other types of activities that where they can release that energy. What about mutts? Those are some <laughs> of my favorite dogs. You know, and mutts are great. I, you know, I started out um, with mixed breeds. Um, you know, that was the only types of dogs that I, you know, ever had for a long time. However, with the Obamas, um, you know, in particular, they had those, you know, that allergy concern, and, and they really needed to know the lineage of the dog bringing, you know, they're bringing into their home. One of the things, you know, when you do rescue a dog or you give a dog a home, you want that dog to be in your home for the the duration. You don't want to get a dog and then have to give that dog up because of allergies. And and that does happen quite a bit. I, I, you know, I've run into a lot of many of my clients who needed assistance placing their dogs because the, the children were severely allergic. I've talked about it a lot over the years on Good Dog that all of my dogs have been poodle mixes of one sort or another. We have some allergies, but really more than that, it's just not wanting to deal with the shedding. So we've had um, a Shih Tzu poodle terrier who didn't shed, followed huh? by a cockapoo whose face mm-hmm. you see on the Good Dog logo. That's Farfel. Followed right. by now Lulu, who is uh, a peekapoo. Okay. Now, none of this is, a, is an act is an exact science, as you well know. Right. You know, you get a mixture. In effect, you're getting a mutt. I mean, we may call them designer dogs or hybrid dogs or this, that, and the other. Exactly. So even if you get a Labradoodle, you might get a shedding Labradoodle, right? Well, yeah, especially in this country. In this country, Labradoodles are still fairly new. Um, in Australia, which is where the, you know, the breed, and, and I actually I kind of use that term loosely. I, I don't really like calling them a breed because we have not, in this country, really perfected the breed. It takes many, many generations and a lot of years to come up with a specific standard where when you breed that dog, you're going to have, you're going to know the exact type of coat they're going to have, this size. And that's, you know, basically what, you know, what you're, you know, alluding to. With the Labradoodles that you kind of see in our country, you know, it's sometimes, you know, lab A bred to poodle B. It's like one generation, and you you absolutely do not know how much that dog is going to shed. However, in Australia, they've been doing it for about 20 years, I believe, and they have a, they have a standard. They have it down. If, you know, if you get a dog through those channels, a Labradoodle through those channels, you can pretty much um, predict what that dog's coat is going to be, and, and they are hypoallergenic. Excellent. All right. Time to talk about your experience on Greatest American Dog. For those of us who missed it and don't even know what this reality show is about, tell us what the deal is. Well, you know, it was a a little show, which uh, it was 12 dogs um, and their humans teamed up, and we competed in weekly challenges, and ultimately... They chose a winner, and it was supposed to be based on the owner and dog relationship. Um, however, I think it had more to do with um, which dog could uh, withstand all that craziness that was going on. In effect, in uh, effect torture, right? <laughs> yeah, basically, basically, yeah. That's all right, what was the worst thing that your dog had to endure? Well, you know what? I have to say, and I, I kind of pat myself on the back about this. You know, Andrew... Um, 
he did pretty well. He was one of the less stressed dogs there because I made sure that I got him out of the fray um, every chance I got. Uh, Victoria Stillwell was always telling me that I was over-mothering him, and I was kind of like, no, I'm actually trying to keep my dog stressed, um, low stress and try to keep him safe. I would make sure he got sleep. When he, you know, when cameras weren't rolling, Andrew was asleep. A lot of the other dogs were out running and ripping and playing. And knowing good and well, we were probably going to be up until midnight or one in the morning doing challenges. I know I removed Andrew. I had him resting every chance I got. So he, I really can't say it traumatized him in any way, shape or form. Um, he was he was good to go. However, there were some crazy challenges, um, you know, from jumping, telling dogs to jump off 40 foot high scaffolds to um, sitting in front of of an elephant on a stay to, uh, you know, just Andrew being the smallest dog. He's he's about eight inches tall and weighs about eight pounds. And, you know, they made him do everything. They really did very few modifications. So he was competing with dogs three and four times his size and being expected to jump just as far and climb just as high. So, you know, so it was pretty grueling. So were there times during it where as a dog advocate, as a professional trainer, you wondered whether they were really going over the line? crossing oh, the line on what was appropriate? Absolutely. I was the biggest pain on the set. <laughs> Matter of fact, Good for I, you, Lori. Oh, absolutely. I stuck it to them every chance I got. And, and, you know, I actually was shocked every week that I wasn't eliminated because I thought I would be eliminated just based on that. But, no, I um, oh, I was always uh, giving my input and letting them. And, I, and, you know, quite a few times I told them, you know what? This is not going to play very well on television. I will say... Probably one of the um, I mentioned the elephant, you know, that elephant um, was was raised around dogs and actually was very, very safe. Susie loved Andrew and and dogs communicate with each other. And I believe that's why he didn't get up. You know, they took the camera angles at certain ways to make it look like, you know, Andrew was afraid. You know, all the you know, some of the dogs were because some of the dogs have a higher prey drive. Andrew doesn't have a prey drive. Bless his sweetheart. He was fine. He looked at me and said, hey, mommy, you know, there's an elephant coming. Well, he didn't know what he said. There's a big, big thing coming down and I like you're fine it's fine and he sat there and when Susie got up to him she took her little trunk or I should say trunk and she kind of sniffed around him and she loved him and and I really believe he felt that he did not feel in danger at all and that's why he did you know that would help with him not getting up so so that didn't play well on television but in all actuality that was actually quite safe so you're not thinking there's a big future in reality shows about dogs <laughs> No, I really don't. I, I I get a lot of people asking me, you know, if I, you know, when the next season is going to be and if I feel there will be another season. And, and actually, to be honest with you, I would be shocked if there were, was, you know, they, there's a lot of kinks they need to work out. And, and you know what, what's, what's is that they always say that, you know, never work with children and, and animals. It's, it was hard. And, and I believe that the production company probably was blindsided a little bit and um, didn't really, you know, bank on everything that you know can happen dogs are very unpredictable and that's one of the reasons i love them so much so um you know they there's some things to work out you know maybe in the future they might but i'm not thinking it's going to be anytime soon all right well laurie thanks so much for sharing both the information about breeds and also a little bit about your experience on greatest american dog laurie runs pup and iron canine fitness and learning center it's located between Stafford and Fredericksburg, Virginia. You can find her on the web at pupandiron.com. That's P-U-P-N-I-R-O-N and dogster.com. Again, Lori, thanks so much for joining me today on Good Dog. Thank you so much for having me. Above all, I want to thank you for your continued support 
and for sharing my love and appreciation for dogs. They don't ask for much, and they enhance our lives in so many ways, particularly during tough times. I'm Joanne Green for SmarterPodcasts.com.